and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. We took the last week off for the holidays, but we are back. We are ready to talk about a new Netflix documentary, Harry and Meghan. It is a documentary about Prince Harry and his marriage to Meghan Markle. Um, I screwed it up earlier, but hopefully you did not hear that because I seamlessly edited it out. But no, I can help bringing keep it up. Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> um, and it is a six-episode documentary, which is I'm just you know spoiled review right. My part of my review right now. That's too long. It didn't need to be six episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Way too long. But um, it is their attempt to tell their side of the story. It is part of this what feels like this kind of PR wave. It's coming out right around the same time as his memoir spare and uh jordan maybe we'll start with you what was your opinion of harry and megan going into this and um did did the documentary did that sort of shape the way you watch the documentary oh so you're asking for my opinion on the two people individuals yeah. mm-hmm. Ooh, tough one um and be honest <laughs> yeah i mean like i think you have to come from the framework of the like the monarchy itself right like what do i think of the monarchy because i think Mm -hmm. they're inextricably linked particularly harry and i think that it's kind of silly i think the idea that there's like at least for the last whatever 80 years or more when the monarchy has strictly been i mean it's not really part of the government right like the whole idea is that it's um the ideal British family, right? Like it's supposed to set an example of what the ideal British family should look like and act like and all of these things without actually embracing the fact that the ideal British family can be a bunch of very flawed individuals. And I think that's the core problem with it is that like, I mean, the monarchy has made the same mistakes over and over and over again with regards to letting the family members love who they love and marry who they want to marry based on what they think society will find acceptable. And that has just played out again, right, with with Harry and Meghan. So that's like a starting overarching point that I think is important in the context mm-hmm. of this. I think Harry is probably has probably been my favorite royal for a long time. Uh like pre-documentary not that like the documentary like i hate him now or something but like you know pre going into this like i his interview where he's um in the military and he gets called to a mission unexpectedly and like rips his microphone off and goes running i mean it's hard not to like that right like that's just especially considering that so many of the royal family have military honors without earning them and harry was like no i'm gonna go and fight in a war you know like that's that's cool, right? Uh, Megan, I knew almost nothing about until she started marrying Harry because of suits. I don't care about suits. So she's unknown to me. Um, my biggest problem, and this comes through in the documentary, and this I felt this before I saw the documentary, was that like I believe that if they love each other, they should be married. I also am a firm believer, and this is just a principle. It's not just them. I believe that love is not enough for a marriage. I think if you haven't figured out that you have like shared core values, if you don't um, have the same goals and priorities in life and a bunch of other kind of the same like financial outlook, et cetera, then you're not going to make it. Love doesn't win (laughs) and cover for a bunch of other logistical things. And 
marrying into the royal family is potentially the biggest logistical thing that could happen in a relationship. So the idea that they were like, we didn't care, or we didn't know, or we weren't prepared, or uh, it's like, that's not a good excuse, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that mm -hmm. is just not a good, we love each other. So we just wanted to be together. That's not a good excuse. That's not how like adults form long lasting relationships that work. And I won't like, maybe I'll wait to hear how you guys feel about their departure from the royal family. I'll just say that it's while I don't agree with the royal family and the way that they handled any of this situation, I also find it entirely predictable because it's how they've handled every situation like it for a billion years, basically. And so to be surprised or try to change that is noble, but probably not going to work. And I think it's sad what it's done to Harry and William in particular, just because they lost their mother. I feel like they're the only two people in the world that understand what it's like to be them. And it's sad to not have your brother in your life. Um, yeah, that's like kind of my opening <laughs> opening statement. <laughs> I probably have a lot more to say, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Daryl, what did you think? Well, I couldn't stomach it almost at all. So I watched <laughs> an episode and a half, most of that in devil time. And then I was skipping through large sections with the 10 the 10 second button because they were just going on and on about some dumb shit i think i mean this was a lot like especially it didn't need to be six episodes it was really padded out in places where you're like so padded out. do you think this is interesting like have you lived that shelter of a life that you think this is interesting to people and that you've never you didn't know that, like this is just normal shit that everybody always has totally. and experiences like get the fuck off of my tv but the I also don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally impossible for me to sympathize with them at all in any way, shape or form. And it, it beyond the simple fact of like, I guess it sucks if that human beings um, feel bad sometimes because they're at base level also human beings in a fundamental sense, but they're like, it's, they're just fucking children and like it sucks like it's dumb to waste time on them in any way shape or form i think harry i think i as insofar as i have a favorite royal which i absolutely do not it, i guess would <laughs> right. be yeah. but uh i was gonna bring up like well what about the nazi uniform thing but i see he's on a fucking tear about that too from googling being like <laughs> guess what William and Kate were the ones who made me wear the Nazi uniform, which is like, okay, but I don't No, We don't need to know any more about this and stop throwing your old brother under the bus too. I don't, this is just sad. I mean, you all suck is kind of like how it all always ends yeah, up. And the yeah. only, the only disagreement I'll say with what you just said, cause I agree. I find it in incredibly difficult to sympathize with anyone in this story. Yeah. Right. Like, and on top of it, it's not like the most interesting story. It's one of those like, it's here's a story you've heard before, Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, the only thing, the only caveat to that, I will say is that like, maybe for the first time, really, obviously not for the first time ever, but for the first time, really, obviously the issue of race as it relates to Meghan Merkel and what happened with the press, I think is it, I can sympathize with her. Right. I mean, not, I can't empathize, unfortunately, but I can sympathize with the idea that like that is a terrible and just obviously blatantly wrong like yes. the the head-to-head -head headlines 
right, of right, Catherine right. versus Megan. It's like so in your face that it's just like, man, that is fucking bullshit. In yeah. 2020, 2021, 2019. You fucking kidding me with this shit? Now I can like, sympathize with that, but I also am like, it's another one of those like, you're not fucking telling me anything I didn't know because you're talking about the British press. The again, British, it shouldn't be surprising. That's they're the my most point. racist. Like, none people of this should have been surprising. That exists. They're racist in a way that like uh, probably exceeds American racism for just like the how deep this, it runs but yeah. it's like different in that it's hidden and not like slapping you in the face all the time which is i guess the nice thing about american racism is that it's very upfront about itself and you're like oh time. that's clear you're a racist right? yeah, well i yeah. mean it's not always clear but there's we we have clear versions there's a strain whereas yeah. they don't have yeah they don't have as clear versions of it but but it's so insidious and so throughout like every, yeah brexit was basically them just standing up and being like well we're if push racist, comes to I shove think. i mean we're racist <laughs> like <laughs> if you're gonna make me say it i'll say it okay um yeah so i think that that part was the part where i was like you know that sucks but then you also look at it through the lens of like the amount of privilege that you have doesn't negate the pain that racism causes right. but it does make me question why you got a hundred million dollars to tell this story because right. there are stories out there of racism that are people who not you know you well that are much more powerful against, and that, that could be told by people who don't already have multi-millions of dollars that they right. want. and maybe exactly. they could get some benefit out of it right? exactly right now the only thing i will say in response to that i think the only thing that i do i guess like about this or not like but like understand about this is i think they should just go get theirs in the most ruthless possible way in, in exchange for whatever it's like you're, okay you find yourself in this situation go get your money i don't give a shit like hustle hustle as long as i don't have to pay attention to it which unfortunately <laughs> for this podcast i did right yeah i mean technically we don't have to pay attention to any of this and i wouldn't be surprised if we see more of it and more right. and more and more of it right like they're gonna go that's how they, they well spare his little i can't even like the puppy dog kicked puppy fucking book called spare like go fuck yourself but also great i like that title though that's a clever title (laughs) daryl i would also say that your predicament now in some ways parallels megan's because you know the time to say no to all of this was several weeks ago and we decided (laughs) to review this and so sometimes when there's a lack of sympathy it's kind of like Oh, well, you know, now is not the time to, to right, be complaining right, right. for about what you signed up for. And we didn't need to rush to get engaged and have the wedding either. Like if that Well, they made all these choices. And for what? He's not that great. I'm he's sorry. Not that Based great. on what I saw, H- like he's M- not a love H- to, yes. to to fucking sacrifice your entire life oh. and privacy over it unless you we're fully cognizant of that and wanted the upside, which I think she did, right? And but, here's where right. things get really complicated in terms of sharing opinions because i mean if this was a reality tv show and these were all just like regular people then i would feel really comfortable just saying whatever i think because i think that they're nons but i know people have really strong feelings and i do think that people do yes i i I do think that megan being the first african-american member of the royal family was a really important thing and i think it uplifted a lot of people so i understand that connection and she i think she did it well right like considering all the things that were against her but 
I do feel like in terms of their relationship, when you see how they interact, it does feel very much like Megan wears the pants. And maybe mm-hmm. that's part of what she loves about Harry is that because like there isn't a whole lot of there there. There's not like, I don't know. I just, I never saw them really like connecting maybe in their like mm-hmm. old videos and pictures, but when they're in the interviews together talking about things, it just seems like Harry's like, well, Megan feels this way. So I too feel this way. Right. I think ironically um, what you're describing and what I've picked up on a bit is that it feels like a business and a performance in the same way that the royal family feels like a business and a performance. In which case, right. like, just do it. Right. Just be part of the business and the performance. Well, I think Well, I think it, to, to Megan's credit, she was like, well, I'm going to do that, but I'll do it in a way that works on for my me. On my own terms. In which yeah. I am comfortable, right? Right. right. I, I mean, I think also part of the problem with this documentary, um, and I was saying this a little bit to Daryl before we started recording, was just, I mean, understandably, the uh, the first episode really focuses on their courtship and and first getting together and that is by far the least interesting thing about them and mm-hmm. and like it's you're just the 100%. whole time you're just sitting and there the being like i don't care them. like harry I don't went care. to africa and he had a hard time growing up it's like don't we all know all that do i need right. to yes all of i mean a lot of this was it's we know good. all it's of fine this context, it's been but it could have been like forever. 45 seconds and exactly not... yeah yeah i mean i think that the i think that it there's a reason that they sort of want to sort of include a lot of this context because especially for the last couple of years, I feel like there's been so much negative publicity about them. And, you know, as they say, it's been so many other people telling their story. So like, I understand being like, no, we're going to tell the whole story the way we we want to, and we're going to tell it from the start. But I think they tell it um, from like, I I would say it's just like, yeah, just that first episode, especially you're just like, man, this is not interesting yeah. well, at And that's all. one of my problems with the whole thing is like the idea of them telling their side of the story. Like you mm-hmm. did a, an interview with Oprah. Harry's writing sure. a book. The Your side of the story is being told over and over and over again. It's kind of like, do you guys remember that scene in The Crown? You guys might not have gotten this far. But when Diana goes to the queen and says, I've done an interview it's a rather candid and frank interview about my marriage because i thought i needed to clear things up and elizabeth is like are you kidding (laughs) like it's been told and told everybody knows there's (laughs) nothing to clear up right like it's out there so there's kind of that bit where you're like and on top of it this isn't like a court of law elizabeth and and william not that i think that they're in the right But they have no side of the story. Sure, like they have the press that they have this symbiotic relationship with where they can plant this or that or the other. But there is no like, hey, here's how it felt for me, right? Mm -hmm. Doing Mm -hmm. dealing with these two and all of this that happened. And here's what I where I come from. And here's the context of why I operate the way that I do and all of these things. Not saying it would be right. Not saying it would justify it. But it is a very one-sided thing. So to be like, our story's been told and we never had a chance to talk. Like, fuck that. Yeah, you did. And not only that, but like some of the footage that's in here really irks me because it's like, okay, so you went to go watch your your interview with Oprah and you set up a camera to record your (laughs) reaction to Oprah. Mm -hmm. Like you were plotting this whole business plan for so long. It's just, I don't know. 
it just comes off like it's hard to again it's hard to sympathize it's hard to be like oh i get it because i'm just it's like you're manipulating everyone just as much as anyone else yes right i think well part of it though is that there is this particularly in the uk there is this power asymmetry right because the crown has someone and i bet you know i think part of the reason harry talks about this stuff is to say like yeah there's no as you sort of touched on a little bit jordan is like there's no official side of like what um the queen or or what william charles and charles william. felt about this yeah. but like the narrative being told in the tabloids especially the right-wing tabloids is very much like shaped by what they want to get out there um i do i mean and again i think that's another problem with that first episode is it starts with this really annoying i mean i think the word that has come up a lot as i've been reading some of the ar articles uh about the documentary about Harry and Meghan in general, which I think is true, is is annoying. And there's just like this really annoying footage where, like, um, you know, they're like, oh my God, I'm like, I just we needed to start recording this to like understand our own reality, tell our truth. And then Harry's like, oh, this is, you know, such a great love story. She gave everything she knew to be with me. And then I gave up everything that I knew to be with her. And you're just like, oh my God. Mm. It's not that great yeah. of a love oh my story. It's yeah, not. it's not. No, it's the most mundane possible. It's like story. so predictable yeah. too. Like the, I mean, we've been telling the story of the prince and the regular girl becoming. And also, you didn't give up shit, idiots! You got so much. What do you <laughs> yeah, mean? You gave won. up everything. <laughs> You're living on a L.A. chicken farm. You're right. good. Which, again, I, my position on that is good for them. Like that—that that is absolutely the right decision. Like fuck the royal family oh sure yeah yeah get out, out of there yeah, yeah, out. yeah that yeah. is an, an insane situation you should get out of it make as much money as you can ideally funnel that money or or things, conversely we'll see how lean much... into it as much as you possibly can <laughs> just embrace it yeah kill william and become uh, king <laughs> i i think also this has made me i will say that just simply as a piece of like personal pr this was effective on me that in that like i um, less about like being particularly sympathetic to Harry and Meghan, though I think I left, uh, you know, I, I am more sympathetic now than I was before I watched it. Um, or I sympathize with them more now before I watch it, but that it just made me like very, very anti-royal family. And I'm just like, good, yeah. Yeah, this is, good. I understand now why this is some, this is such a flashpoint point for people because, and, and why people talk about it so passionately, because after this, I'm definitely like, the, the monarchy as an institution should be abolished. This is, it should this is be absolute absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, it absolutely should be. And I completely agree. But I don't feel more sympathetic to them. I actually yeah. feel less sympathetic right. to them than I did before because I see just how calculated all of this sure. is. And before it felt like, I mean, Megan's whole thing was like, I wasn't prepared. Harry didn't prepare me. No one prepared me. No one protected me, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Google it. Like all you gotta do is Google yeah, yeah. It. It's not even like it's hard to. It's a well, secret don't, no, or don't something. Google it. Just ask your goddamn boyfriend about it and what happened to his mother. Like I think that's the actual lasting appeal of Diana and the f reason of all of them. She's still the only one where I have any kind of like uh, and pos she positive was feeling. Flawed, but yeah. Oh, a deeply right. flawed person, but not in this regard. Like I don't. I think she genuinely was like. A naive when it came to all like it was just like i don't know what i'm doing here and i don't know how to handle any of this and i'm gonna do right. what i'm instinctually driven to do about it and they it seems like this is like a imitation of that but you know like a, such a calculated imitation of that as opposed right. to like a genuine expression right 
And it feels too like, I don't know, it just feels very obvious to me that like, even for Diana, but particularly for Megan and Catherine obviously knew this, that when you do this, when you make this marriage happen and you become a princess and a duchess and all of these things, you're basically giving up. You're getting a, you're getting a really clear transaction, which is that like, you will live in Kensington palace or wherever you will be, you know, given all these titles and kind of access to everything that you want at any given time, except like, your privacy and the what people are willing to say about you and the idea that you can have mental health problems right. publicly or anything right like it just feels like a pretty straightforward transaction that's being made and like the the thought that it would be different like oh well now it's 2022 and now it's different and harry's different is like kind of silly because it hasn't changed at all there was no yeah i mean she she was not provided any evidence to believe the contrary and i mean and again the not at all to condone the racism but that part of it is is part of it too it's not yeah, like no there was there was no reason to believe that it would be different and i'm not saying that it's right and i'm not saying it's wrong to fight it like that's right, your choice absolutely. if you yeah, yeah right. like go fight it like it's wrong and you stand up for what's right and that's totally fair and good but just like, don't, it, it just seems particularly with this, I'm not saying that like people shouldn't protest racism and, and fight the good fight in that regard. But I'm saying particularly in this instance, to think that you would get the win you were looking for with everything else still intact is really right. unrealistic. It's not pragmatic, right? Well, and also I think that it seems like, and this is also maybe uncharitable, but it seems like it's like, the, the expectation was that the timelines were all wrong. Like, I think mm. if, if I was being charitable to the uh, to the the queen, rather, the queen side, like, I think a lot of the stuff where they're like, just don't engage, just don't engage, is like, actually the right way to play it if you're thinking a 20-year game or something, right? Like, the, they think in those terms. They don't think right. in like... they think in generations, yeah. not in... Tuesdays. And I think Markle and Harry and them were like, oh, shit, like, they it's it's been two years and people still aren't over this and it's like what are you talking about you mean this age-old institution like <laughs> your mother's been in office for 85 years or however long like just give them some it's a it's a long game it's not a short game and you're not going to uh -huh. be able to uh, enact radical change you know like yeah and i mean i think right. in terms of thinking about that sort of like that deal i mean i do think that one of the 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 documentary did help sort of clarify for me, just how bad the downsides of that deal are. And, and I think in the first episode, yeah. someone uses the phrase gilded cage, which I think seems very accurate. Yeah. Um, and the fact that um, I think for a lot of people who are involved in the story, including Harry, right, because he's born, into, no one asks him, do you want to make this deal? It's just you were born into this family. That's the deal of what right. your entire life will be. Um, versus and, and, you know, Megan's family is sort of the same thing of like, well, because your daughter, friend, whatever, is getting engaged to this person your whole life is about to be turned completely upside down you're you're going to be followed by paparazzi for for you know however long um that all seems nightmarish the one the one person where you're kind of like yeah you would think you would have maybe figured out a little bit what this is going to look like again potentially underestimating the horrific racism that will be involved which cannot be minimized but the this just the sort of like loss of privacy and the loss of you know, and, and the weight that will go on, on everything, like Megan is kind of the one person you're like, yeah, that 
that doesn't seem like a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the other thing that's that's striking to me about a lot of, I mean, both watching The Crown and watching this is how the things that are interesting about the story are often the social forces at play. And a lot of times, like the the most interesting stuff in the documentary um, is not really focused on Harry and Meghan, but it's about, oh, here's like this ridiculous system of ha- the relationship between the royal family and the British yeah. press. Here's, uh, you know, the, a, a brief overview about why the Commonwealth is a really terrible idea. Um, and, and that stuff is all, I think, often the most fascinating things. And then the, I think often the people, and, and not just Harry and Meghan, but, but Harry and Meghan included, are the least fascinating type of it because they've lived these, um, you know, such sheltered and, um, and, and, and they're just so removed from reality. There's something that like, feels weirdly unformed about them and, and uninteresting. And that, I mean, at the worst, right, is when um, you have these moments where they talk about like the brutal history of British colonialism, and then you cut to Harry and Meghan sitting on this, you know, perfectly decorated room in their mansion in Southern Cal in, in California, um, and it can be hard to, to be, it's kind of like, ah, I don't know, like, obviously, yeah. like, the, the 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 bad stuff is real, but also, obviously, you have this tremendous privilege that insulates you from some of the right. worst of those things, and it's hard to have you as the vessel. And even when they're talking about, vessel. like, their exposure, because, like, and again, like this first episode, but they have his, like, Africa stuff, and it's like, you, you know you didn't even come close to any of the experiences of the people you were trying to help. Like, you know, you were miles and miles and miles and miles away from that. I think they show a tent once and they're like, we slept in a tent. And it's like, fuck you forever. Like, please, please, <laughs> God, just get off of my television. Go away. Yeah. Right. And she's like, oh, I trusted Harry to protect me in that moment. And you're like, no, I, th- I think you probably trusted the staff that you yes, probably, the probably had there. The many staff. Well, that, and, so that to me, I, this is, I think, a like similar to your point Anthony but to me the most interesting parts were when they like unwittingly revealed I mean especially Harry like the degree to which they think things are normal which are like absolutely not normal like just mentioning things offhand that are like what like that's (sighs) no one else has that or has ever thought that that was like oh you know and then we would do this which we always do and you're like what the fuck are you talking about i kind about? of feel like, bad for harry because i do believe genuinely that he has this desire in his heart to get it sure yeah 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 he's like doing the work you know he's trying to figure out racism and misogyny and all of these things that like you know that he was not even remotely brought up to understand right. and he's trying really hard and earnestly i think to do the work and understand but he just can't no 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 it's impossible for him which is no fault of his own but like it's not but it's upsetting as a viewer to be like yeah but you don't really get it at all right Right. i mean especially because like for me the stakes of that are there's no stakes it's like oh is it important that he get it or that he not or is it that it's possible that he it's like no i don't need to think about this or worry about this at all right like it really has no impact on me or my life or anything i can do and really don't give a shit like do not give a shit like that even from a platform perspective because of this break from the royal family the people that it might be most useful to hear harry and megan say something like you know when megan brought up me too or to Mm. hear harry talk about misogyny or racism or subtle racism or unconscious bias or any of these things because they broke the people that would be would i think maybe most benefit from learning 
from them on those things and from their platform being there are now fully against them and yeah. tuning them out and hate them. Right. So it's like, you know, the 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 positive change that could have happened by Harry and Meghan staying part of the royal family, like you said, the long game, Daryl, that could have happened there was was crashed to pieces now. Right. And it's just even more divisive. Now we're just all on our teams doing our right. thing. Yeah. Know? And not that I think they should have done that long right. game thing either. Cause like, I don't even, like, no, no, is right, that even right. worth it? And but, does it work out? Like, who knows? Right. But like, you're like, do to, your own to, thing. To, but, your, yeah. to what you said about the stakes of Harry figuring it out or not, they're zero. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like they, they could have been non, non zero. Yeah. Um, I mean, they might be like less than zero honestly because he's such a pariah now among the royal community that like royalists are like entrenched against him and anything he says that's positive they'll like take the opposite stance exactly. out of spite right like, yeah right totally i also think so this is a little bit left fieldy but like i don't know how you felt daryl you didn't see this but you know that it happened because you we all do it was like a big thing in the news but the idea that the monarchy took away their security like right. a week after COVID hit. I think that that was one of the few times in the show where I'm like, that is really tough. Like, I, I really felt some sympathy for them because I think you've got a new baby. You've, everyone in the world knows your location. People are willing, you know, the British press is willing to do crazy things to mm. get a video or a picture or a quote from you. And the world is locking down so figuring it out in an instant would be really hard and i felt like that was that also for me was like the monarchy if there was any chance that there was any reconciliation happening monarchy basically said you made the right choice right. <laughs> you made the right choice in getting the hell away from us because this is what we're willing to do right i also wanted to talk about this just a little bit more as a documentary um mm -hmm. i mean so this is like it's directed by Liz Garbus, who is like an accomplished, uh, you know, award-winning documentarian. She made What Happened to Miss Simone. And um, I mean, the way she just, I was just reading an interview with her about this project where understandably the reporter's like, so is, you know, to what extent did you have creative control over this? Yeah. And she said, well, it was a collaboration. And then the reporter is like, well, so does that mean that Harry and Meghan ultimately had final cut on this? And she's like, well, all I'm going to say is it was a collaboration. To me, that strongly suggests that, yes, of course, you know, this is comes out of Harry and Meghan's deal with uh, Netflix. They almost certainly had final say over everything in this documentary. Um, yeah. And so it has like the polish of a well-made documentary, but I think definitely feels much more like a, uh, especially when you sort of look at who talks and what they talk about, um, much more of like a sort of personal PR piece. Absolutely. I mean, if, yeah, I think it's, it's exactly that. It's like a thing where you like, it has all the hallmarks of being a documentary so that it can convincingly pass as one. And then it's like not, and I think that extends to the, like, I would be very curious, hopefully eventually she's just willing to do a tell all about the making of this, which I think would maybe be the most interesting outcome you mean of the it. director? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, stuff like the like the padding like the it's like did they go in and be like no we can't lose this like i love this time that me and harry like ate this fucking cheese it's or whatever the shit dumb things they left in there <laughs> that we absolutely did not need 
I would also blame Netflix for that too, because I bet they're like, yeah, because well, we they were like, well, we need, yeah, we need to pay you a lot of money. We need yeah. a lot of hours <laughs> out of this. Yeah, yeah. We want a lot of you know viewer hours. Ugh. Yeah, I leave the whole thing feeling less good in general about all a lot of different things. Yeah, I think everyone's a bad guy. <laughs> I yeah I mean again I I feel like which I would not have expected I I feel like of the three of us I'm the one who maybe liked this the most who uh, <laughs> came away the most positive about I know that, that is unexpected and um and 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 I mean again I think again with, with the framing of don't think of this as an objective documentary, which I don't, I think is maybe, you know, not really a real thing anyway. Like it's just, every documentary has a point of view. It's just some are more open about it than others. But um, this is very much their side, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it had been a two hour movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also feel like I leave it being like, great, got it. Don't ever need to hear or think about this again. So are we going to review Spare in a few weeks? Oh, of course. We all have to read that entire fucking book. How long is it? It's probably, well, it's way too long no matter I mean, how long it's it is. It's written by a member of the royal family. It's probably well, like 1,200 pages. Also definitely by, not quote written unquote. by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Harry. We don't believe you sat down and just Sorry, H. 416 pages of how long it is. Wow, that's plenty. That's a lot there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's like size 27 font. Um, and this is different than the other book, Finding Freedom. Wait, no, they didn't write that. That was somebody else who wrote that. Yeah, because oh, everyone's been telling their story, Daryl. And for now them. they got to take it back to their own story. This is I think there's also something just personally that I don't like about any, either of them. I don't know what it is, but you know how like there are some people you're attracted to yeah, and there's some people right. you aren't and like you can't really put your finger on it. That sounds racist, but I feel the same way or maybe more so about Harry than I do about Megan in right. this regard, which is just like there's some things maybe it's like someone's voice or what they find funny or the way that they explain themselves or whatever that just like doesn't click with you personally yeah. i'm a firm believer that it's okay to like just not like some people sure yeah it's just natural and they just both fall into that category for me and i'm just like i can't that doesn't help things at all yeah i mean i think that definitely watching the documentary has made me want to sort of think like reflect on my dislike for them a little bit more about like oh why is that especially because i think i if you'd asked me five years ago, I would have said, oh, I have this like generally, po- I don't care, but also I have a generally positive impression about both of them. And going into this, I definitely did not. But I st- definitely still kind of came away from it thinking that they're sort of unformed and uninteresting people. Yeah. yeah. I think they made the right call, though. Like, I, I'm happy for them insofar that they definitely like win at the game of like what they did is unprecedented. Everyone mm-hmm. else is just bent over basically, right? And taken it and found a way to deal with it or not found a way to deal with it. You know, like Princess Margaret, like probably, you know, I think eventually she evened out a little bit, but she had a rough go of being in the royal family. Um, Diana did. A lot of them did. Charles did. Charles mm-hmm. fucking hates it. You right. know? <laughs> um, so I, it, good on them for doing it. It's just like, 
I feel almost like the more they talk about it to, in order to earn their living, which is what they have to do because they're right. basically skillless otherwise, they... Well, they're great producers of amazing... The less... <laughs> Documentarians. Yeah. Um, the less... So many canceled shows. <laughs> the less it works, right? Like the less effective it is mm -hmm. um, in terms of like getting people on their side of things. So... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're doing themselves the greatest disservice by doing by talking. But I think and but 100 million is enough to cover it, I would think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right investments, you know, I think they'll get to the point where they just can shut up and be rich and, and like rich right. on their own as opposed to rich off of, you know, trying to depend on their parents. But oh, the, I almost forgot before we get rid of this entirely. But this just reminded me I didn't realize that Meghan Markle's a Nepo baby in the in the broadest use of the term nepo baby is she well her dad was like in hollywood as a on the uh crew side but like and, it, and i don't know it, it helped a lot with her yeah connections or something or early career but yeah that never comes up in the documentary interestingly well no they come up that it comes out that his job is that but like and she talks about like but how, she talks about how hard she worked and how many auditions yeah, she got yeah, rejected yeah. for so she definitely doesn't make it sound like but he worked on lots of like successful productions and stuff including like married with children or whatever for that whole run so yeah not a show i mean in general they sort show. of allied the sort of question of like why why did she become an actress before then which you know a lot of people become actresses now they're not but it was definitely like felt like presenting that spent so much time on every single thing it was then just like oh and then she was an actress on suits and you're like uh but like huh, okay i do believe though that she's like i mean that the proof is kind of in the pudding with the idea that she wrote that letter when she was like 10 years yeah. old about like this is this commercial is unfair to women or whatever right like yeah. you can tell that she's like clearly a very principled person that's like a core value to her is like right is right wrong is wrong and i'm always gonna try to do what's right or whatever but then like you definitely shouldn't be marrying into the royal family like again right. like comes back to your decision like you're gonna have to sacrifice all of those things you're well not and you. i think that other side of her is i think quite performative as well like i think i think she does those things mm -hmm. but i think she does them because it's an identity that she enjoys occupying as opposed to like and who cares right on the and in terms of outcome maybe that's fine but I don't think she's doing it for purely, um, you know. Well, that's what I was saying about the letter she wrote when she was a little girl. Yeah, it yeah. It makes yeah. me feel like maybe it's less performative that she. No, didn't no, no. Just, like, the letter when she was a little just... girl was very performative, and the inclusion in the thing of it, and like you her think whole... little girls oh, are performative. I think she was. I think she was. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at that whole segment. I was like, this is extremely self-indulgent. And also, I don't know. Like, like when you're I was not a special. Kid, you're not my, special. My I really mom didn't tells like it. this story when I, from when I was a youth that I was like, I had to be like second grade, just learning to write things down basically. Right. Like mm. first or second grade numbers and letters and stuff. And that we were driving down the road and there was a billboard. And after passing the billboard, I got out my, um, my backpack and a piece of paper and a pencil and I wrote down a phone number and my mom said what was that for and the billboard that we had passed was uh gamblers anonymous gambling anonymous and if you know someone who needs help call this number now I didn't know anyone in my life at all that had a gambling addiction but I just said well it's better but it would be nice to have it just in case someone ever needs it 
And like, there's nothing performative about that. There was just something about little Jordan that wanted to help people. Mm. So I yeah, give Megan the that's credit. Different. You're I don't a better think person. that 10 year old yeah. her was being performative <laughs> in writing that letter. About that commercial. Well, I, I mean, I think that part of why a lot of what they say on the, like on like social and political issues feels kind of hollow. I mean, some of it is just because of, of their incredible privilege, but I think also related to that is it feels at this point out of step with the, with the current moment in the sense that it's this very kind of girl bossy corporate feminism. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that sort of where that discourse is has kind of moved on. And I think there's a lot more, you know, for better or worse, I think there's a lot, there's a no lot wants. more willingness to criticize that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it feels like sort of something that would have gotten a lot more applause in like 2015, which should be fair. A lot of the footage you see is from 2015 and you're just, or from that era. And you're just like, oh, well, this is fine, but also feels incredibly bland and not particularly meaningful. Yeah. I think I'm over it, you guys. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it's <laughs> promising. I mean, what do you mean promising? I came in pretty. Well, I just don't want to have to ever engage with this between, or any of their other content ever again. But, it was yeah. a running between me or Anthony of who would come out and be like, I think that they're great. And it wasn't me. Yeah, it was never going to be me. That's true. It but was I never think... going to be Daryl. <laughs> Daryl was we... going to come and be like, fuck them. Get them off my fucking TV. <laughs> well, we had a surprise outcome after all, though, because Anthony yeah. is their biggest supporter. So. Good, no, good twist. I wouldn't call him a supporter, but he's softer than me you're the real you're the real kid writing down the gambling anonymous number he's an ancient h and i am lovely old h and i am don't i oi fast fashion oi i will leave you with this thought since daryl mentioned the whole nepo baby thing which obviously of course the ultimate nepo babies are royalty um yeah is is that defect defector had this great piece which was like it's not about like nepotism it's about wealth and like you don't need this whole term nepo because we already have this great phrase that we should just use which is rich kids they're rich kids Mm. well i would mm, i mean Oh, I don't know if you should have brought that up right at the end of the episode. We'll we'll Uh-oh. save the rest of that debate for okay. next time on original content. The ongoing <laughs> no, debate. No, we're not saving anything. Race. We're done when this is done. <laughs> on original content. Okay. Well, if you have thoughts on um the documentary Harry and Megan. Put this invitation out. <laughs> um send them to us. I'll read them at least. I might not share them with, with Jordan because she's over. Maybe she'll feel better about it in a few days. Um original content pod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at original content. And we always appreciate it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Daryl and Jordan, happy new year. Happy new happy year. Happy new year.